Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to the second episode of Season 2 of the Wormburner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week we are going to be diving into a little bit of what's going on around the world, of course, and with the English Premier League being the league that we are going to be talking about this week. Uh, Before we get going, I wanted to take care of some housekeeping. If you have not already, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast. And if you have not seen our website, it is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. I look forward to this episode because this is this is a league that I've been following for probably as long as I've been watching soccer since I'd say 2010, 2011, maybe a little longer than that. So this will be a really good episode. So for this week's current events, I wanted to bring a few things into the fold. One of them being a event that's been going on for the past couple of weeks. Uh, if you already don't know, I've, I'm shocked if you don't. Uh, the situation in Ukraine with Russia attacking Ukraine. There's been a lot going on and not good situations at all, uh, both with the soccer world and with the world just in general. It feels like everyone is feeling the effect of this. And for the soccer aspect of it, the Ukrainian Premier League has been suspended, of course, uh, for the time being. And UEFA, which is the leading body governmental-wise of all European teams and leagues, they have come out and barred any and all Russian teams from performing in continental competitions, which are mainly the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Of course, we can get into that later if uh, those are competitions you are unknown about. So with that, I just wanted to wait a little bit presenting information about that because so much has happened within the past couple weeks, misinformation and, and all of that. I wanted to make sure I had concrete stuff to actually bring into this before I actually made the episode about it. And it's just not a good situation. Uh, I I do truly wish the best for Ukraine, and I I hope that they get out of this situation as quickly as possible, uh, just like the rest of the world hopes that they do as well. It's just not a good situation, obviously, and uh, we wish them the best. In other news having to do with the soccer world, PSG in France, or in Ligue 1, has lost to Rennes, which was a massive, massive loss. Lionel Messi was on the field during this game, which is a bit of a shock to me considering the fact he has really dipped in form since leaving Barcelona. It's I did think that he was going to dip in form a little bit, going to PSG, but I don't think anybody really and truly expected this woeful of a drop in Messi's performance, and it really and truly shows uh, it's just unbelievable how much of a different player he is. He's not contributing as much as he he used to in Barca. I say that considering the fact that Barca or I'm sorry, uh, Messi scored against Manchester City in the group stages. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt, as you will. And yeah, it's just 
a unbelievable shock result from Ren. It's a round of applause for them because they ended up doing something that a lot of other league-owned teams have barely been able to do. I mean, even Lil was barely able to do that last year to PSG. And, I mean, it, every single time something like that does happen, it, you just have to take your hat off to it, applaud it, round of applaud it. it it's just one of those things you can't you can't predict. And this was definitely one of the results I did not expect or predict. So hats off to Ren. Um, also as well, the Manchester Derby was this past weekend. Um, I wanted to highlight a little bit about that because it was a very convincing win for Manchester City. Of course, we've uh, got Liverpool with a game in hand or they have one game left to play before the points are actually assessed. And yeah, Manchester City is at the top of the Barclays Premier League as well as we've got the situation with Manchester United dropping below the Champions League qualification spots in in England in the English Premier League. So yeah, this is it, it's a very interesting tidbit and a very interesting situation going on in the Barclays Premier League. And of course, when you look at the Italian league, most of the time you think Juventus is going to be the big dominant power. Well, this year, Juventus is in fourth place with Inter, AC, and Napoli above them. This is a bit of a competition when it comes to City uh, this year. Uh, AC Milan currently sits in first place with Napoli, I'm sorry, with Inter uh, having a bad run of form within these past four games. Uh, they're sitting in second, but they do have one game left to play to equal the total of games that AC has played. So I look them, I look for them to take the top spot back. And of course, Napoli in third place, not too far behind, but lagging a little bit. I feel like it, this is going to be a two-horse race between AC and Inter Milan. Um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting, interesting race for the top of the Italian league um this is a really good scenario for Inter Milan if if you're asking me because you're dealing with the loss of your manager you've already lost one of your top two talents when it comes to a striker in Romelu Lukaku um being sold to Chelsea and they're they're it honestly it doesn't even seem like they've been phased by it at all and they are almost sprinting uh, at the end of this campaign, trying to get to the end. Of course, they, they definitely don't want their rival in AC to win the title. But this is a very interesting scenario. If, if you want a tight league competition for the last couple of months to watch, you really need to pay attention to Serie A between uh, Inter and AC Milan. Especially with the Milan Derby coming up in the Coppa Italia semifinal. That's going to be a very, very interesting, interesting game. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the Barclays Premier League breakdown. So for the next section of the podcast, we are going to be going over the English top flight. So now, as of today, 
in 2022. It is called the Barclays Premier League. It was rebranded in 1992-93. And it has seen a lot of different champions. A lot of different champions. So the very first rendition of the English Top Flight was competed was a competition in 1888. So this has been going on for a very very long time. Like I said when I was making the video about the league, the MLS in general, that started to become a formal competition in 1996. So by this time the English Top Flight had already been around for over 100 years and we were just getting started. <laughs> So, it's one of those things, as I've said many, many times before, uh, we've got some catching up to do. And that's that's okay. So, back to the topic at hand, though. The English Top Flight, as I said, their very first competition was in 1888. And out of those competitions, there is one team above all others with only 20 titles. And that's Manchester United. Think about that for a second. This league has been in a competition for over 140 years to this date. And there is only one team with only 20 titles. That is crazy to me. That's an unbelievable amount of competition in such a, a competitive league. I, that's one of the main reasons why I like the English top flight or the English Premier League is because you don't know what you're going to be getting each and every year. I remember when Leicester won the title, that was a completely unexpected league title for them, but they 100% deserved it, the way that they played and the way that they were able to beat these big teams. That's one of the main reasons why I love the Premier League. Of course, I would have loved Manchester City to win it, but hey, you know, you can't have everything in, in life the way that you want it. But, as I had said before, with the Spanish League, I wanted to go over the cup competitions as well. So, with England, though, there are two cup competitions. One of them is the FA Cup, and one of them is the EFL Cup. So, the EFL Cup or the English Football League Cup, is only a competition with professional teams. So only the professional teams in England compete in this competition. The very first competition, or the very first year that the EFL competition was able to compete was 1960. So it's a newer competition when it comes to England and the most champions or the team that has lift, lifted the most EFL Cups is Liverpool with nine. So again, that's 62 years of history and one team has been able to get nine titles. That's You are not getting the overall domination of specific teams in this league. And, and this trend truly shows. Going to the FA Cup which is the second league competition that is in England, uh, that has been a competition even before the English Premier League. That was a competition. The first year that the FA Cup came together and played was in 1871, so it's been around for 151 years. 
and that's that's just unbelievable. It's much like the Copa del Rey. The Copa del Rey was actually a competition in Spain before the Spanish top flight was even created. So it's much like Spain in that instance. So the FA Cup was a competition before the English top flight became a competition. Now, going to the titles, again, 151 competitions, 151 years have happened and Arsenal is the mo- the winningest or the club with the most FA Cup titles with 14 it's it's unbelievable i i absolutely love this it's it's a it's an unbelievable show of how different teams are able to win these different competitions and and Manchester United with the Top flight titles at 20, Arsenal with 14, and Liverpool with 9. You get a general consensus of what the good teams really and truly are. And I feel like in more modern day, these clubs are starting to really pull away from the rest of the pack. But there's still some competition in this league that these big clubs sometimes don't account for. And it's the same can be said in Spain as I stated before, but again, we're only talking about England for this episode. Something that I wanted to do last episode, but for some reason, either it slipped my mind or it wasn't in the notes that I had prepared for the episode, I wanted to really talk about the different rivalries that were in the Spanish League, but I can do that in a separate episode. For this week, I wanted to go over the English rivalries. So these are the big rivalries in the league that if you ever see or hear that these two teams are playing I highly advise that you you watch those games they're gonna be good games regardless of where they are in in their respective competitions they're gonna be a good game so the first one I wanted to bring up is one that has been picking up in more modern times mainly due to the fact that one of these teams has become a lot more competitive in England, and that's Tottenham versus Arsenal, the London Derby. Both of these are absolutely phenomenal teams. Tottenham is the underdog in this scenario. Arsenal is the much bigger team uh, in England, or in... um, in London, one of the bigger ones. There are lots of teams in London, so I don't mean to bring any negative connotation towards those teams, but Tottenham and Arsenal is an unbelievable rivalry, especially in more recent time with Tottenham coming up and making themselves much bigger and much more noticed in London. Another rivalry that is very, very good and has a long, long history, is Liverpool versus Manchester United. This one is not so much of a geographical location rivalry, it is more of a competitive rivalry. And what I mean by that is these two teams primarily are competing for the most titles uh, when it comes to England. So between these two teams... 39 league titles are one have been won by one of those two teams. 19 FA Cups have been decided between these two teams. And 14 league cups have been won between these two teams combined. So 
they have a very storied record of being the top dogs in England or 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 being near the top I should say in England another rivalry that has a lot more of a local competition is the Merseyside Derby or Liverpool versus Everton this one had been both a regional and a competitive rivalry, but in more recent time, Everton has kind of slumped down and hasn't been as competitive as they used to be. They have won a good amount of league titles as well as Liverpool, but Liverpool has passed them uh, in recent years as well. As, and so Everton is the underdog when it comes to this rivalry. Another one that again goes to the more local rivalry aspect is City versus United the Manchester Derby uh, this is one that I wanted to put a, of course because I feel just like Tottenham and Arsenal this has become one that is has a lot more of a impact when it comes to the title races in more recent years City and United United have been a much more competitive matchup I'll go ahead and say it. I'm a Manchester City fan that has to put respect and credit and and whatever I need to do. Uh, I will do what needs to be done. One of the main reasons why we became so competitive was is because of our owners, the money behind the team. That's one of the main reasons why we were able to become so competitive in the English Premier League, and that's why this rivalry has gained a lot more of a prominence in the English leagues and the different competitions within England. Now, with that being said, I did want to highlight one rivalry that is a bit under the radar when it comes to the English Premier League, but under no disrespect to the teams themselves because they in themselves have a very long history and a very long rivalry and again like I said I don't want to take away from these two teams so this is one of the oldest rivalries in the world and it's West Ham and Millwall so that is the Dockers Derby and the reason why I wanted to highlight it is because it is one of the more passionate and one of the more in and sadly, to some aspect, it has been one of the more aggressive derbies when it comes to England. Um, there have been fights and riots that broke out from this fixture, from this fight, or from this uh, matchup. And another reason why I wanted to highlight the Dockers derby between West Ham and Millwall is this is such a old and such a deep-rooted rivalry that Hollywood, or in general just the film industry, actually made a movie about this rivalry. And if any of you have ever seen Green Street Hooligans, it's an amazing movie. If you have not, I highly advise that you do because it just shows both sides uh, when it comes to the world of soccer. It shows you the 
passion that fans have for their teams as an American. So it's it's about an American going over to England and then becoming a part of the soccer society in England. His, I believe it was a distant cousin, is a West Ham fan, and he is a part of a very, very loyal group of people that support the club. Now, when I when I say that there are the good things with this movie showing the passion behind England, there are also the negative things and the negative side of the rivalries in general when it comes to soccer. There are groups of people that show their aggression when it comes to their counterparts in competitions. This is something that uh, goes without saying. I don't think anyone should really be condoning anything violence-wise having to do with two rivals. Of course, it it's something that when you are in the game, you can be very, very passionate about. But once it becomes physical, it's something that once... I, I had heard one person say it, and I wanted to repeat it. Um, once it becomes physical, you cannot take it back. It's one of those things that once this heated passion becomes physical, that's when it draws the line, and that's when you need to take a step back and say, hey, maybe this has gone a little too far. In West Ham and, or not West Ham and Millwall, but the Green Street Hooligans movie shows that. It shows both the light and the dark side when it comes to these teams and supporting your team. And it it really and truly gives you the overall aspect from a foreign point of view to an American. And like I said, the movie is about an American going over to England and seeing this happen face to face in front of him. That's one of those things that I really and truly love about the movie. I wish more movies did do that. And if you don't, or in it, and if there are movies like this, uh, feel free to share them on our Facebook page. Uh, I would love to see them. It's one of those things that I love it. And another series that I love is, is goal, which I mean, going to the very first episode of the podcast that was the name or the 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 first film was the name of the first episode that I ever released so that there's a little bit of tie in there but going back to the derby as I said West Ham versus Millwall is a very fierce rivalry it's one that has had some good times and some bad when it comes to the uh, passion side of the game and it's one that really and truly I could not ignore when it comes to looking at the rivalries in England. Now going on to this next part of the uh, episode I wanted to talk about the interesting fact of the week. So last week we were talking about Bill Bell and how they have a players only basket only policy when it comes to signing players. Now this is a bit more of a actual club related when it comes to a negative aspect. As I've said before, being a Manchester City fan, I need to acknowledge the good and I need to acknowledge the bad. And so for the interesting fact of the week, not to really per se gloat about Manchester City because this is not something that I really like to mention or 
have anybody bring up to me when it comes to uh, talking about Manchester City. But the very first league title that Manchester City won was in 1980, I'm sorry, 1936-37 season. That was our very first top flight title ever. The reason why it's the interesting fact of the week is because Manchester City is the very first and only English team to have won the top flight league and have been relegated in the next season. So they had won the title. The next season, they were going down into the second division. That's something I'm proud of, but I definitely feel like it needed to have a shine on the podcast because this is something that it shows you the unpredictability of the Premier League in England. You can be safe one season at the top and the next season you're way down at the bottom getting relegated to the second division. And Manchester City is one of those ones that you we weren't safe. <laughs> so, uh, I like I said, I have to shine the good and shine the bad when it comes to my team. And, and I hope that you, you all guys do the same. That is going to be our segment for the English Top Flight. I hope you enjoyed it. I will be right back with our Extra Man Advice of the Week. Alrighty, so for the extra man advice of the week, I wanted to keep it short and simple uh, before I have this episode go as long as last week's episode. I wanted to highlight a mentality that I feel that players should have when it comes to uh, playing the game in general. I feel that being early and staying late is something that is extremely extremely undervalued when it comes to a soccer player because having that level of dedication being early stretching kicking the soccer ball around getting warmed up early before anyone else gets there and staying late making sure that you're perfecting your craft perfecting that move that you've been working on for the past week or week and a half having that mentality will go miles in your career if you keep doing it if you keep it a habit that's something that a lot of people I feel uh, as I've stated it's underrated it's undervalued because they do it for a couple times here and there and I honestly I think I I could very well be one of those people as well but uh, being a coach and and seeing that from my players that's something that I really missed value-wise when I played the very limited playing career I really and truly had. It's uh, nothing compared to what other people have, but like I said, it is a very undervalued point of view and piece of advice that I would give almost any student or any uh, player that wants to be great in this sport. Come early. And work hard, work, come early, work hard, stay late. That's where you really need to put your time and your effort. So come early, stretch, get ready early before anyone gets there. Work hard, of course, give 110%. And then stay late, show that you want to perfect your craft. And I guarantee you, like I said, I have hardly ever heard of a coach. I remember last season I mentioned this. I have never, ever, ever, ever 
heard of a coach say no to a player that wanted to stay late and get extra advice from their coach. I've never heard it. In fact, I've actually heard coaches complain that their players never do it. So that be that player that gets the extra initiative, go to their coach and say, hey, I want to learn how to do this. Or you said earlier that, or you you explained this a little bit different uh, than that I, that I could understand. Could you please explain it again or show me a different way? I guarantee you, you are going to get that coach either animated or you are going to get him to let you understand yourself. And not only is that helping you as a player, but that's also helping the coach in general being able to teach you because if he can understand you, he can teach you what he wants to do or what he wants you to be as a player. And that's just going to make you better, which kind of leads into a different piece of advice being coachable. But I want to save that for a different episode. So like I said, come early or go early to your practices, warm up, get ready before everyone else is there, work 110% and then stay late to perfect your craft as late as you can. Because I do know that lives are busy and and whenever you uh, have things come up, sometimes, sometimes it happens so Find time in between your day to then uh, put it into your daily routine so everyone's schedule is different. And the more that you can put into your craft, the better. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. And that's something that I wish that I learned when I was playing and, and I'm I'm teaching and, and I'm showing or I'm trying to show everyone that I teach when it comes to soccer. So... That is going to be it for this week's episode of the Wormburner Podcast. If you've made it this far, thank you, thank you, a million times thank you for listening to this episode, as well as if you have not already, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. I try to come out with daily content there for you to be able to see and be able to react to that's going on around the soccer world, as well as if you have not already, see our website, the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. I hope you guys have an amazing day. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Until the next episode of the Worm Burner Podcast, stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Ciao, everyone.